Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to Heavily Scaled, a life and fitness podcast, and I am your host, Gabby Bradley. I've got a special episode for you. Today's part one. Next week, you guys will get part two, where I sit down and talk to two of my friends. But before we get into that, and I want us to dive right into my conversation with them, I have two quick disclaimers. The first one is about the title of this episode, where I specifically use the word black people. We are all black women, and the group that we reference, block parking, in this conversation is a group that is made up of black and mixed race individuals. So we can only speak about our experience. We have chosen uh, to sort of leave it that way uh, because it was something that we needed at the time when it originated. And hopefully, if you listen to this conversation with an open mind, you will see why we did that. However, I left the title to say just black because we are black and that is the reality. Second disclaimer, we talk about a group that we are all part of called street parking. And I know, I know that someone out there is going to try to listen to this and say that we are bashing street parking um, headquarters, the owners. We are not. They're going to try to say that we are bashing the street parking Facebook group, the main one. We are not. We are speaking about our experiences within the group. And um, if you are tempted to think that, uh, take a step down off that high horse of yours uh, because street parking is not that special or unique uh, that the issues we bring about here uh, are unique to, to street parking. Okay, I had these conversations in regards to my own gym with um, people of color, black and other people of color. And I even saw conversations and issues, situations very similar to what we discuss in a group about um, a planner. Okay, it's a specific brand of a planner. And these same discussions (laughs) were taking place, some of these same issues. Um, So just know that we are not bashing anyone. It's just that street parking is how we all know each other. And it is the group that unites us, that brings us together. So without any further ado, let me introduce you to my friends very quickly. We have Shanique Allen, who is a health and nutrition coach who helps people 40 and over master healthy eating habits using the basics. And Melissa McLeod, who is a director of development overseeing all fundraising for a community-based organization in Brooklyn. She's also a community fellow at the Institute for Nonprofit Practice in New York City, where she holds a degree, a master's degree, excuse me, in public health. So let's dive in. Okay, well, I have with me Melissa and Shanique. Thank you both for joining me on this. Uh, well, it's morning for you, Shanique. Sorry. Um, <laughs> afternoon for me and Melissa. How are you guys doing? Good, good. good. Thanks for having yeah, us on. To be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Look, I, I really want to thank you guys again for um, coming on and taking the time to to talk to me. And we're going to tell the people a little bit about how all, we all came together, because um, I think it's kind of a cool story. Um, but let's hear just a little bit more about you guys. So I'm going to start with some of the questions I ask everybody. Uh, so what is your favorite lift or 
workout. It can be either one. It can be a lift or a workout. What's your favorite one? Go. Cleans. Power or squat? <laughs> All of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love power cleans and clean and jerks. That's like my jam and deadlifts. I really enjoy those. Okay. I, y'all are my people right on. All right. Now here's the real test. Least favorite. Anything um, on the bar. So toast to bar, <coughs> muscle ups. First of all, I can't do muscle ups. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say anything on the body weight on the rig. So toast to bar, Mm-hmm. And yeah, toast bar. Uh, toast bar. Next, uh, handstand push-ups. Again, another difficult one. Okay, Melissa. My least favorite. I really feel like sometimes it's a combination, like thrusters um, mm. with the bar can be very difficult, and man makers with dumbbells. Um, but I love mm-hmm. the sandbag man maker. But with the dumbbells, yeah. I'm like trying to stay away from that. You know, that is so funny you say that because I don't, I feel the same way about the thrusters. I will I do, a, you're weird. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> the sandbag thruster, I, I don't mind, but that barbell thruster, I'm just like, gosh, this is crushing me. I f- so I yeah. feel that. <clears throat> I feel that. All right. Well, now we know a little bit about your personalities. You guys are normal in my book compared to some of the other people <laughs> that I've had on the had up here before. So let's get into this just a little bit. And real quick, though, tell because we're not at all anywhere in the same place. So I'm here in Indianapolis. Melissa, tell the people, uh, where are you from? And, and, and just a little bit like, what do you do? Yeah. Um, I'm from Long Island, New York, and I recently moved to Brooklyn, New York last month. Um, During my day-to-day, I'm a director of development for a nonprofit, so I do all the fundraising for them, grant writing, um, securing the contracts, um, and helping develop our programs and get affordable housing in New York City, Um, employment opportunities for people. We've been really helping um, during COVID-19 with uh, assisting people with rent. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a veterans-focused organization, too. So we help Black veterans and all veterans. Um, So my work has been, like, really rewarding with that. That's awesome. Great. Shanique, tell the people where you are and uh, what you do. I am originally from Jamaica, um, but I moved to Seattle, moved to Houston and then Seattle. So I now live in Washington. Um, I am a health and nutrition coach, former personal trainer, I'm group fitness instructor, but now I'm strictly um, coaching health and nutrition. I help people <clears throat> 40 and over mm-hmm. master the basics of healthy eating through the basics of nutrition. So okay. just getting people eating healthy. Yeah. And so is that like your own company? Or are you working yeah. someplace this is else? My own, this is my own company, Shanique Allen Coaching. Awesome. All right. We're going to have to, you're going to have to share that, uh, you know, so that people can, can find you. Um, so we all, um, sort of found each other through this thing called street parking. And so for those of you listening, who've never heard of street parking, it's basically, um, I guess programming, right. For people who maybe can't get to a gym, um, or don't want to work out at a gym or for whatever reason, 
just can't afford a gym maybe even, right? Um, and so that is how we all came together. So why don't you guys just give me a little background about like, did you start first like in a brick and mortar CrossFit box? And then how did you find street parking? And, and what does that look like for you guys now? When I, I was traditionally in a CrossFit box, but when I mm-hmm. moved to Seattle, um, I hadn't yet found one. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> homegirl is not used to winter. So we moved <laughs> to Washington just at the start of winter. And I was like, oh, this is, yeah. So just the idea of getting out and trying to find a gym was a little difficult. Mm-hmm. I found street parking because I followed Miranda. Mm. on Instagram. So I was always, so she was part of the NorCal um, CrossFit community, particularly Jason Kalipo. So I followed Mm -hmm. her and Molly. So that whole team. So when she branched out or when she, she started to travel, she was traveling quite a bit. And then she started to post her workouts. And then she said, she and Julian made the announcement that they were starting street parking, um, January, 2017. So mm. I'm like, sure, sign me up. Cause I had a gym at home in my apartment complex, but mm-hmm. I needed some structure. I wanted to just not program for myself anymore. Cause I was doing it for years and that's how I found them. And four years later, I'm, still there still with with them wow so you're like a street parking og basically yeah Yeah. okay all right we're gonna have to get some perspective on that that's gonna be great for this conversation melissa what about you well i started with crossfit um traditionally at a box in january 2013 um i ended up leaving a formal box in 2016 and just going to um, a traditional gym i went to lifetime fitness in um Long Island. Mm -hmm. And then I was also following Miranda. That's how I got into street parking. And in following her, I followed from the beginning. So I saw when it started, but since I was at my gym, I was trying to convince myself I really need to pay for like, you know, additional stuff. Like I could program my own workouts. And then eventually um, I had a hamstring injury last year and I was coming off my injury in December, 2019. Um, and decided that I would just start street parking. It would be great to have the workouts. And I was following it for a long Mm -hmm. time. And I just kind of wanted to take the dive. It's an expensive program and doing online. And it worked out because COVID hit officially, like, you know, really hard in March. And then I um, left my gym at that point. And I've been working out at home ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, um, It's amazing to me how there can be so many, I mean, obviously street parking is huge, right? They've got a large following even, and then, you know, even the actual number of members who pay them is is huge, but just the different ways people find street parking. I didn't know who Miranda was. Honestly, I was not following her. Um, but I somehow found them or saw them on, um, Instagram or something like that. Um, and after having my daughter, I was just trying to get back into things. And, um, it seems like also something my husband would enjoy. So I did not find street parking and start until, uh, 2019, I think it was the end of the year. Sorry. Yeah. What year is it? 2021. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> 2019. Uh, cause that's when she was born and they have that deal, you know, at the end of the year where it's like, get a month, get another month free or whatever like that. So yeah. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the, the programming. So let me ask you guys real quick before we get deeper into our conversation. Um, you know, typically I ask people like, what brings you back into the gym 
every day. But I guess the question for you guys is how do you stay motivated, um, you know, to do a workout at home, maybe by yourself? Um, you know, you don't have like a coach who's there, um, you know, telling you everything to do. So how do you guys stay motivated through that? And especially with COVID, how have you stayed motivated through it? Um, well, in my case, I'm a co- I was a coach. I was a mm-hmm. CrossFit coach. So <clears throat> like I said, I was a personal trainer before. So solo time for me is pretty standard. I mean, I've been doing that for years. So I've had no issues as far as working out by myself. Mm-hmm. So for me, it, it wasn't a matter of, okay, I'm going to be working out by myself. Even though I did find a gym, even after path, even after finding, um, even after finding street parking, I still joined the gym because I still wanted that kind of in-person community and find an Olympic, uh, barbell club. That was, mm-hmm. that's always going to be something I look for. So mm-hmm. even though I was still in the gym for me, working out, being able to work out without having to travel in the cold was the biggest thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Worse, if you go to a gym and it's equally cold inside. So um, working out for me on a daily basis is it's kind of like coming home because I've been in, the, in I've been in fitness for a very long time, so it's second nature for me. Mm-hmm. And then when COVID hit, luckily for me, I I've been trying to get people to do street parking ever since I started street parking. So I would okay. always like share workouts with you know some of my friends on WhatsApp or so when I when I joined another gym and became a coach there. What I would do is I would invite people to do the street parking workouts with me outside of the class times. Mm-hmm. And then I developed friendships with those people. So when COVID hit, I would link them up and say, hey, since everybody's working out on Zoom, do you guys want to join me for this workout? And it started with one person. And then mm-hmm. I ended up with like four people on Zoom regularly every day of the week. So it's yeah. been- so through that, that has also been a motivation for me. Mm-hmm. That has kept me get, getting up and yeah. working out at home. That's how it's been for me. And luckily, um, since joining um, since joining our group, mm-hmm. that has even become more of a thing because I have people within the group who I will work out with as well. They might need a motivation, so I show up. Mm-hmm. And that's motivation for me too. So that's, that's cool. me. Awesome. Yeah. In terms of for myself, um, last year, I'd say 2020 was a year of like a lot of personal growth for me. And when I decided to join street parking, I knew I was going to show up for myself each day and try to figure out how to be dedicated to what I want to achieve for myself in the future in terms of my um, physical and mental health and wellness goals. So then for me, it's just really like what would my future self kind of expect of me in these moments? And then also us building the community um, in street parking and having that online community and me um, creating a separate fitness Instagram really Mm -hmm. also helps on days where um, even my own self-dedication might be a little bit low because having creating that environment for myself of other people who are also trying to achieve the same things has really helped me because I don't traditionally come from an environment where, you know, we're working out, eating healthy. That's not necessarily how I was raised. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm kind of creating all of this for myself and learning it for myself and um, having, you know, our own community within street parking has been very helpful because you have the accountability there. And, you know, even if you're making an excuse, like 
oh, I'm sore today or, you know, I'm just not in the mood. It's like, well, we know we're not always going to be in the mood, but why are we doing this? Um, So I just constantly try to remind myself that this is for a bigger purpose. So unless I'm like really hurt or in pain, then um, I can show up for myself because I'm going to be, you know, happy about it at the end. I don't think I ever regret a workout after doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's great. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Actually, you, you alluded to the fact that we have, so a little background for people, uh, who are listening here, street parking has a huge Facebook group, right? I don't know how many people are in that group. Um, too many, honestly, for, for my liking, um, and for my participation, uh, Melissa, you participate in there very frequently. Like I see you all the time. I think that's just cause I'm friends with you on Facebook. So your posts tend to, to pop up. Um, but there's a lot of people from lots of different places. Um, I'll just leave it at that. And so 2020 was a rough year for everyone right? Um, Not just COVID, right? But then also (laughs) we had the summer of 2020, which was just its own beast um, for, especially for people of color. Um, So Melissa, you were one of the founders of this Facebook group that is compiled of people of color um, from street parking. So why don't you talk just a little bit about how you and I think you and Daniel came up with this, right? So Daniel, um, Vivian and I. Yeah. So how did the three of you come up with this idea? Tell us the name of it and sort of like, you know, just tell us the motivation there. Yeah. So our, the group that we created is block parking, um, SP Noir. So this is kind of a subgroup of the street parking online community where it is um, members who identify as black or mixed black um, and they're actively in street parking. Um, And it really came about because kind of on the heels of the murder of George Floyd, I was really in my feels about that Mm -hmm. situation. And uh, I wrote about it in the main street parking group. I had like, you know, a very emotional kind of heart to heart post about it because I was wondering if I was in kind of a safe place. If, you know, when I had previously left CrossFit in 2016, you know, that was kind of dealing with the election with Trump and everything. And um, I didn't feel like the space I was in was conducive to kind of my overall wellness, um, mental wellness anymore, because I didn't feel like the community I thought I was in was really, um, for lack of a better word, like down for me in the struggle. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to know if that was something that was possible with street parking, or if I just kind of ended up putting myself in another community where it's kind of heavily one-sided towards one group versus another. And it's not really inclusive of Um, black members and at that point up until june i hadn't really seen any other black members in the group um Mm. i guess just based on how the algorithms were i hadn't really interacted with any so i'm like am i the one black girl and you know in this group again so that post (laughs) opened up a flood of Mm -hmm. like comments and attention and it was actually really heartwarming um and overwhelming that day and daniel was one of the first people to kind of pop on there and reach out to me and vivian as well and she like tagged me in a bunch of posts that she had put about black lives throughout the year um and then we kind of sidebarred it from that and decided to create a community where we could try to pull in other black members that we see if they want to because it is optional there are black 
members in street parking that aren't in the group, depending if they want to deal with another um, Facebook group or Mm -hmm. whatever the case is. And we can't always reach everyone. We try to, but then we're kind of like also the stranger who's like, Oh, join this, you know, separate um, black subgroup. So sometimes that can be weird for people. Um, But yeah, it's been really rewarding and posting in there ever since. Like literally sometimes I find people because we're bonding over how to properly make mac and cheese in the group, like around the holidays. And um, those moments have been like very exciting and being able to find the black community within street parking and then us to be able to commune and do fitness within that um, and try to improve health for ourselves and our families. um, That has just been so rewarding. So yeah. Really, we've slowly grown the community since then, um, and that's also brought the attention of, like, the founders, you know, of street parking, Miranda mm-hmm. Alcaraz and Julian Alcaraz. They've um, really talked a lot with um, Daniel and I and other members, and we've kind of, like, shared our ideas about different things and inclusion and um, just how we can work with other members, even in terms of like nutrition and stuff, because sometimes we do talk about like when we see the food that's put out for street parking, some people can't relate to eating like that or how, however it looks, how the food is seasoned. It just doesn't seem doable for everyone. And, you know, it's not a bashing thing, but just like in the sense that when you're dealing with different populations, you have to be able to know how to kind of work with them to best help them. Um, transition and make healthier goals for themselves. So that's something that, you know, Daniel and I um, and some other members have talked to uh, Miranda and Julian about, and we're constantly trying to engage with them as well. And sometimes we also know some members being in the community don't want to be necessarily that active in maybe the social Mm -hmm. justice work of it. So we don't put that on anybody else. But if anyone's ever interested, you know, sometimes we try to pull other people in conversations, we'll put polls in the group and get feedback in regards to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Miranda loves it. She follows, you know, we have our SP Noir hashtag and she follows it and has followed a lot of different members and keeps tabs with us. So it's um, really heartwarming that they've kind of embraced us and has encouraged um, our little unofficial subgroup. It's not an official mm-hmm. street parking group. Um, and it's created a great community because we do find some people as soon as they join street parking and they're like happy to see this group and feel um, better supported and we've created a lot out of that we have sandbag sunday and um, we started doing because of vivian <laughs> and i bought a sandbag for the first time because of that and i absolutely adore my sandbag like all the horrible movements we just discussed like man makers and thrusters like i will do it with my sandbag all day um yeah. so <laughs> that's been really good and just to connect with people all across the world um yeah. you know we do have some people in our group um, from Barbados mm-hmm. um, Bahamas and all throughout the states and it's just like really heartwarming to kind of see that and commune with each other and share videos and conversation um so I've really enjoyed being a part of that and facilitating it uh, with Daniel yeah. and Vivian that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I remember um, you're, you're the reason why I got into the group. Um, I think I had sent you a, a message after that post you were just talking about and um, or sometime after that. And that was when you invited me into the group. Now, I want to give a, a disclaimer here real quick um, that, you know, this is not because I'm going to ask Shanique a question as like an OG street parking member. And, um, you know, I'm not bashing by any means. I, I, I really love the street parking program, their philosophy. I have no problems with the owners. I have no problems with the main group, even though I'm pretty quiet in there only because there's just so many people and I don't I struggle with participation in that group there. So Shanique, 
tell me just a little bit, since you've been in street parking, I don't know how long you've been in the main Facebook group, I'm assuming maybe for a while. Um, what are your, some of your thoughts on the stuff Melissa just said about how um, she was wondering, you know, was she the only one? Did you have that vibe as well? Girl, um, as a black woman, um, <laughs> any, just, as a black person, any space I walk into, mm-hmm. whether it's online or physically, mm-hmm. the first thing I'm always going to look for is where are the black people in the room? Okay. So yeah. That, that's just me. So when street parking started and um, the Facebook group exit, you know, became a thing, mm-hmm. that's what I looked for. Like, okay. So I just, I was a member, so I was just posting and in posting, and I would look for posts to see, you know, who, you know, who are the other black people in the group. Yeah. And it became such a thing where, okay, it's not so common, mm. but I am still new to the dynamic as to, you know, how how open or how um, forthright can I be in saying where are the black people? Because yeah. one, I'm from yeah. Jamaica, which means that's what I'm used to, black people. I don't need to question mm-hmm. that. Um, being frank, being open is just my nature. However, since moving to the States, and I only moved to the States, what, six six years ago, mm-hmm. I was uncertain or not knowing what lines I can cross, what's appropriate, yeah. what's not, because I've been in conversations where I've been the awkward black girl. And by awkward, I mean, I'll open my mouth like I would normally do and say something only to find out later that it may be offensive or mm. it you know, wasn't taken in the context in which it was meant. Mm-hmm. So I ha- having to thread that fine line mm-hmm. made me say, you know, weary of what I could say or what I could ask. So <laughs> when Melissa said she's wondering where the black people are um, when she came in, the chances are the black people are also wondering the same thing, but not knowing yeah. what to do about it, you know? So yeah. the yeah. fact that SP Noir exists like as a group and I only found out what, less than three months ago makes me pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't know this group existed. Um and being somebody that's been in the group for so long, um, it kind of made me realize just how easy it is to for things like that to be um to fly under the radar. So I remember when mm-hmm. Melissa posted right in the middle of, you know, right after the judge Floyd um, mm-hmm. situation and I remember her post and I was like where she's first of all she said she was Jamaican so that was the first thing that caught me <laughs> yes <laughs> that was the first thing that caught me I'm like yes <laughs> and then you know she expressed a lot of what I personally was feeling too and mm-hmm. not having not made any such declarations in the group again because I'm I am the stranger I don't know how to read the room because I'm not you know you used to the culture that exists here in America. Yeah. So I'm just staying on the outside and saying, okay, I will watch to see what is appropriate, what is not. But again, mm-hmm. because I don't see other black people or other people of color, you know, jumping in and saying things, we or people like me would stay in the fringes. So mm-hmm. that Melissa spoke up, I was like, yes, somebody start talking now. Like, yeah. you know, speak yeah. or something, speaking out. Yeah. And I was very 
warm to see that or very mm-hmm. heartened by that. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, all right, great. That means this is giving permission to other black people yeah. to yeah. come out, to yeah. talk, to say, Absolutely. not be scared to say things. Mm-hmm. So while I was probably one of the persons who's like, you know, you know, like how we're, we're, we're taught to just be the strong black person or to deal with things. So shit. Yeah, just take it. So we don't make a big deal out of it. We just sit back and process it on our own. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I've been. I've dealt with anything that has come up that has affected me. But yeah. and, and and because I don't see it expressed in the community, mm-hmm. um, it it also made me wary of me wanting to share share yeah. that. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. again, the fact that Melissa spoke out about that and then the flood of people you know that that you know responded to it but also the other the flip side of it was the people who were being about it yeah like i mean you're gonna have them in every group right but the fact that we can come out and you know mourn with people for other things we can empathize Mm -hmm. with people when you know Things like suicide are spoken about, you know, losing members um, or family in the line of duty. Um, mm-hmm. People are warm and what, but when, you know, black people express hurt, especially when something happens to their own, it's no different from somebody losing somebody to say suicide or losing somebody in the, in the line of duty. That right. hurt is yeah. still felt by us. And the fact that we have to it's almost like automatic for us to want to nurse that hurt offline or nurse that hurt elsewhere because everybody else isn't open to it Mm -hmm. is, is a reality for us. And many people won't understand that. So it it was, I was just, you know, with the pop, not with the popcorn, but I was kind of glad to see all of that conversation coming out. Yeah. Like real. Um, It's been a transition Certainly, mm-hmm. one seeing black people in street parking to where it is now, I'm so stoked for it. So yeah. stoked for it. And That's awesome. I want to see more, mm-hmm. not just in the community. I also want to see more as part of SBHQ. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I feel that. Nope. It does. It does make sense. Uh, so let me, I'm going to back up a little bit to what you guys were both just saying. I mean, I was definitely one of those people. Again, I, I definitely pick and choose, you know, what I'm a part of so many Facebook groups, right? So I definitely pick and choose the ones that I want to like take my time to actually invest in. I don't really, you know, I kind of glaze over a lot of the the street parking posts. So, uh, but I do think, and it's, it's really unfortunate because like you were saying, Shanique, it doesn't really matter if, and I don't think it's just you. I think it's most black people, uh, right. Um, I'm married to a white man and he coaches basketball. And for a time he was coaching at a school where they were playing in a lot of rural areas. So my first thing that I do is to always like, let me look around. Is there anybody else here who looks like me? And if not, what's the quickest way out? You know, if I, if I need to, whatever, if somebody decides they want to get crazy. So that's definitely not just you, but um, you know, you do sort of, you there's a fear, which is really sad. Like we, you know, we're in this group all with the common goal of like working on our physical health in some form or fashion, but you know, black people are afraid 
to to sort of speak up and share. And you're right, there was a lot of support for Melissa, but there was also a lot of just ignorance. And and so I want to take it back to you, Melissa, if you don't mind. I'm going to bring up another post you had shared because I remember this one distinctly because it really pissed me off, actually. Um, it was yeah. a story you had shared, something I can't you, you can correct me on the details here, but it was something about like swimming or lifeguarding. And I remember you sharing this post saying it was, I think you and your sister, something you guys wanted to do or enjoyed doing, but um, you had a story about it. And I remember one person just like basically saying, well, this is stupid. Like black people, their argument was pretty much like black people don't swim that often. And I wanted to be like, well, please don't buy into the joke that we make about ourselves, about our hair. And that's why we don't swim. That is not why I don't swim. Right. Yeah. Um, I personally just not good at it. So <laughs> I don't do it. Right. But for other people and you came back and you did it so well. So here's, here's where I'm going with this. You came back and you educated that person. I think you shared like an article that actually showed like systemically that black people weren't allowed in pools. And that is a reason why you don't see as many black swimmers. I mean, you could say that for so many That's other things, exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly. You could see that for so many things. So what I want you to just share, if you don't mind, and um, it's just like how, tell us about that experience because that was one person where I was just like, this is so ignorant. And then you were able to calmly and respectfully, you know, educate that person. How, how did you do that? Cause that's a hard thing to do in such a public space. Even if it was in a private space, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So yeah, that was a post that, I thought could have gone wrong once that person did make that negative comment. And one thing I'm trying to be mindful of when I post in the main street parking group is what can I do to make sure that this post remains up? So people are exposed to it and it doesn't have to be taken down because it kind of spirals into Mm -hmm. something else. Um, So I think I, or another member ends up reporting the comment just so we can get it removed because sometimes when people post certain things, like not that we don't want um, people to kind of offer their other opinion, but when, the way that I, I really tried to like eloquently write that post did not kind of deserve that attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, you know, I was, like you said, sharing, I'm formerly a competitive swimmer and my sister and I grew up swimming because our parents are from Jamaica. And for them, it was like, you know, we're from an Island. You'd have to know how to swim, but we got that opportunity because our parents are from Jamaica and to them swimming was important. It was something they grew up having to learn, but had we, our parents been from America, I don't know if we would have had the same kind, they would have had the same kind of energy to um, want to make sure we knew how to swim. And when I was on a swim team, we were like the only two black girls There were like two other, like if you see, we're in a sea of white swimmers and then we often were mixed up a lot. So that's something I'd say, like, like people, my sister and I do kind of look distinctly different and people would just kind of mix us up, assume we're twins. And I'm like, come on guys, like, there's no way we're not the same person. Um, and you know, she became a lifeguard. I wanted to live my best life and I never actually used my training, but she did. And, um, she worked in a predominantly white pool, um, area with a white pool. I think she was the only black lifeguard. Um, and 
that, you know, she was like the token black girl there. Everybody loved her. Um, but she was kind of like the exception to the rule there. And she did a, her great job. And despite whatever she dealt with while she was there, she still kind of showed up every day mm-hmm. and did what she needed to do to keep the families and people safe at that pool. Um, but what happened specifically with that post is I just wanted to explain the history behind it. Because I think sometimes people think, we just kind of like complain and go on and on. It's like, oh, slavery was hundreds of years ago. Like, why does it matter anymore? It's like it matters because it's, we started at a disadvantage. And I yeah. even talk, think about that when you think about generational wealth. Like if, you, if your family was here and you weren't enslaved from the time that you were here, they had the opportunity to create generational wealth. And we're behind because we were enslaved for hundreds of years. And then to come out of that and then dealing with Jim Crow and segregation and all of that, like literally when you think of um, when the civil rights act was passed and the voting rights act was passed, that wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not something that like people really think of, like we celebrate Martin Luther King right now, but he wasn't celebrated in the moments when he was doing what he was doing. Um, So I think people think we're so far gone and it's not like, you know, it's not something people think we should never forget. Like with 9-11, we never forget 9-11 and neither should we. But when Mm -hmm. it comes to slavery, why is it okay for us to suddenly forget that um, this is something that a whole race had to deal with in America Mm -hmm. and how it's impacted people, especially people who have, you know, their families with generations started from in America. Unlike, you know, my family where my parents immigrated here. So I think in sharing more of those stories, um, that's something I tried to do and tried to celebrate Mm -hmm. that my sister and I were were black swimmers and that we appreciated when we saw other black swimmers um, in the Olympics and stuff like that, because it kind of showed you that this is something we can do and we can Mm -hmm. reach a higher level because sometimes when you're like the only one in spaces like this, you don't even know if you want to continue it because you don't always want to be like the odd one out and Mm -hmm. feel like you're in that setting because it doesn't always encourage you. Um, and even dealing like with swimming, like, yes, hair can be an issue, um, and stuff like that. And I would have to adjust that. And sometimes that would consider, cause if I'm in the pool, um, I used to have to go to practice. I think after, um, school when I decided to do a travel team when I was my freshman year of high school, and I didn't want to go in the morning. So I'm like, I might have to wash my hair twice a day. And that wasn't part of it. And I'm like, my hair's already dry. Like, I'm just going to go to afternoon practice and I'll get as good as I'm going to get with that going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I knew that it struggle. But yeah, when I'm like combating or trying to bring light to certain things in the group, I just try to do it as gracefully as possible. And I'm you know, still fairly young enough where I don't think I'm wary and jaded enough yet where I still have the patience to kind of say, okay, let me explain this out because I want this to remain in the group for other people to see so that we can not just like educate them, but so people understand, like, even when I see posts about hair in the group, I always have to bring up my curly hair. You know, people are like, oh, I don't get how people wash their hair once a week or whatever the case is. And I'm just like, listen, I can't wash my hair every day it's not healthy for it so yeah we figure out what to do in between but I also post that so if other people see it then they feel like they can jump in and have a conversation like that even like I said when we talk about food um, I love to see other people jump in and comment and they're like oh yeah I totally you know get what you say about that Mm -hmm. Um, 
So yeah, that's kind of where I've been at, but I definitely haven't posted as much in the main group recently. Be right. I think it's that constant struggle of, uh, seeing posts being taken down, just seeing how negative people get, um, mm-hmm. even talking about COVID that has caused a lot of issues. Yeah. Um, when people are just trying to, you know, healthcare workers who are on the front lines trying to support us and people being negative about them celebrating in vaccine. But, you know, I don't know if you've seen the memes, it's like healthcare workers, their lives are like burning and everybody else is just like living their lives. So mm-hmm. just those are things to consider. And those are things I try to consider when I'm involved in other groups. Um, yeah. So yeah, not to digress a bit, but yeah, that was um, kind of how I got involved and why I try to continue to post and share there. And that also reminds me of the first post I made where some people commented and a reason kind of why I do stick with SP and kind of work with the growing pain sometimes is that they said, like, if you guys leave, if our black members leave, then it's really just going to be kind of a sea of us white people and we're not the ones who can necessarily propel this mission as well. So your presence and having you in here creates the diversity and creates the dynamic that we kind of need to move this forward. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I felt because I like to work towards making my existence acceptable in spaces that aren't traditionally meant for me Mm -hmm. because it's great to, I love to support black businesses and be in spaces like that as well. But I also want to make sure in any space that I am Mm. free to exist in and I can be comfortable in because, I mean, we live in America. We have to kind of create that for ourselves. It's not going to be um, kind of a utopia where we're not we can exist and not, you know, interact with other races and communities. Absolutely. Yeah, that's um, I mean, that's tough. I, I mean, again, you've you've definitely done a good job. And I think, um, you know, like Shanique was saying, when with your first post, you definitely like laid a foundation. And now you do see more of us, not me, because I'm just not there posting in the in the main group. And that is a good thing to see. And I mean, it's not that we don't have allies in the group. There definitely are, like you said, I mean, there were a ton of people when you posted, um, like I said, who were definitely behind you who were supporting you, not just supporting you, obviously supporting your post, but supporting us. All right. And there is part one. Now, I know you might be thinking that I abruptly cut this short, but right after this, I, I switch gears because as much support as Melissa received about the post she just alluded to, there was still a lot of pushback where people felt that this group is predominantly about fitness and health. And somehow those people do not think that one's mental well-being falls under the umbrella of fitness and health. But most of us, with any sort of common sense, know that that is not true. So what I want you to think about this week after listening to this conversation is think about the spaces that you're in. And it doesn't have to be a fitness space. It could be the place you work. It could be your jokes you make within your friend group, etc. Are you inclusive of everyone? Do people of different backgrounds, do they feel comfortable at least being in that space, brave enough to speak up and share their honest, authentic selves? And if not, it might be time to do some work. And the second thing I want to do is come back next week, listen to the episode where we are going to be talking about barriers to black health. 